thanks for joining me for another episode of the Joy for Ministry podcast. Today, I'm super excited because I get to have on as my special guest, one of my most favorite people in the entire world. She is funny. She is smart. She is wise. She is my sister, Grace. Not only is Grace one of my favorite people, somebody who I look up to and admire, but she is a strong woman of ministry. She's a strong woman of God, and I am so excited to have her on and talk to her today. You know, Grace has worked in the corporate world for many years and transitioned into the church world where she worked full-time at a church, and then she transitioned again into a nonprofit ministry where she works full-time. And I'm excited for you to hear her story as we sit down and talk about what those transitions were like. And then as she walked through a church hurt and how she not only survived, but came out stronger and how she helps other women who have walked through the same thing just by telling her story today. Take a listen. I know you will be blessed. And just for some fun, I'm adding um, some how shall I say, non-scripted moments in the beginning, just so you can kind of hear the banter of our relationship. Take a listen, and I will see you soon. You're saying that we're sisters, right? (laughs) No, I don't want anyone to know we are sisters. Depends on how the episode goes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this girl, don't know her, never met her before. Yikes. No, I just didn't know if I should say, like, if you're saying that. Yes, I, I have no problem saying you're my sister. I mean, you know, sometimes I don't like to admit it, but sometimes people wouldn't believe it. Like, wow, how'd you get her for a sister? Right. And I'd be like, you so lucky. I know. Or what did you do in your past life that made you? Right. Like, I wish mom. I were you. No, I think. I've wanted you to come on for a while and I think that you have really great things to say and a great story and maybe in the past you haven't been ready to tell your story but I feel like you are ready now and I think people need to hear it because you have a great story okay you right there buddy I'm ready you good so I'm going to introduce you so forget the whole but then what's the first question we're gonna wing it you good Mm -hmm. hi grace hi you are my special guest don't you feel privileged (laughs) (laughs) all right we're not gonna get through this episode no we're we're rolling with it Just start again, because I, I didn't realize you were starting, but now I'm ready. Go, go for it. Hi, Grace. Hi. So you are my special guest. Yeah, I'm super excited. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on and being willing to share. And as everybody will know at this point, you are my special guest because you are my sister. Favorite sister. We'll just put that in there. Oh, yes. Well, you know. Some people aren't going to like that when they listen, but it's just two people. So (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So the first question that I always ask is that the person, my guest, tell us a little bit about yourself, but as you stated, this is like the worst question that anybody could answer. Why do you feel that way? I go blank. Like, tell me about yourself. And all of a sudden I don't know anything about myself. So just to like avoid the awkwardness, I'm going to tell everybody about you. I'm not really, I'm just going to set it up that you are my sister. That's your most important, you know, number one title. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you live in North Jersey with two absolutely adorable girls. I agree. Yeah. Do you want to? take it from here. Oh, okay. I didn't. All right. I'll keep going. Yeah. Two adorable girls, Marley and Presley and my husband, Eric, who uh, is in ministry. He's a worship leader and yeah, we live in New Jersey. We love the beach and all things outdoors. And I get the honor of being your sister. Yes. Which is so wonderful for you and for me. (laughs) And we should say that 
Eric, your husband helps so much with all things joy for ministry from the website to the branding, to helping me put together, um, the journal devotional journal. And I have paid him a whopping zero dollars. So he truly (laughs) is in ministry. He is. Eric is a big believer, big supporter of joy for ministry. As am I, I, I support through his efforts. Yes. (laughs) And through your own, you're coming on here and you oftentimes help me process things and I run things by you and I know that you pray. So yeah, absolutely. So you work now in full-time ministry. Can you tell us about what that's like? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I get the opportunity to work for an evangelical organization. It's a relief, nonprofit relief organization, and they do work in the United States and all over the world. And myself specifically, um, I support the um, organization that uh, we partner with churches in the U.S. and all over the world to bring the gospel to children. So Mm -hmm. the children are given a gift and then they are told the gospel and have the opportunity to respond. And we've seen millions of children come to faith um, through that. And so I support local volunteers. And through that, we support international volunteers in about a hundred countries all over the world, just sharing the good news of Christ. So yeah, it's really, it's awesome. It's interdenominational, which I love. So we work with all Mm. different churches, all different people, different walks of life backgrounds, and then um, get to see the effect it has on, on the world at large. So it's pretty cool. That's really cool. Now I have the luxury of knowing you because I'm your sister. Um, but I have seen you go from working really most of your life in the corporate world and different corporations. And you have been like, you know, this amazing woman who has climbed the ladder and had these great successful jobs. And I've seen you like transition from corporate world to nonprofit world and working in a church. What was that transition like for you? Yeah, I have to say it was really awesome. You know, I, uh, my whole life or career life, I should say, since my early twenties, I have been involved in some type of leadership management role. I worked for childcare centers where I was overseeing multiple sites, childcare centers um, in the whole tri-state area. And um, it was a pretty big childcare company. And that was really awesome. And Then I went into retail management and I was uh, managing a retail store, overseeing teams of people. And I just really found a love for investing in people, seeing them grow, um, whatever, wherever they are and um, leading teams, managing people, putting systems into place. And uh, so I actually was recruited then into the church that we were going to because of that background. And so the mm-hmm. church really recognizing we don't really have systems in place. We're not super organized when it comes to people. And so I had that background outside of the church. And so they really asked me to come in and take the knowledge I had and bring it into the church world. And it was really eye-opening. Um, and I, I love that I got to engage a part of myself, the, my faith, which sometimes in the secular world can feel like you have to walk that kind of fine line of how to bring that into what you do. Um, And then you go into church world and all of a sudden it's like the doors are wide open and you get to really invest in people in a deep spiritual way and care for them in a way I just had never been able to Mm. um, while taking the knowledge that I really feel like the Lord had prepared me with into the church world. And it really showed me a lot just that I think churches really could benefit and will benefit from outside experience and knowledge coming in and putting systems and processes into place to help care for people, to help guide people, to help love people. Um, in an organized way. So mm-hmm. it, it really was a great experience and it was a lot of fun to have that background and then bring it into church. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. And I don't know that I've ever really spent time thinking about it before, but hiring somebody, you know, that's gifted and knowledgeable and has experience, you know, with systems and management and then bringing them in um, who, you know, somebody that has a passion for ministry and marrying those two things seems like such a valuable tool to give to a church and organization like that. Yeah. And I think churches would really benefit from doing that across the board and in different areas. If there's, you know, I just, a lot of times not to just generalize, but there's church leadership that really is just a passion for people, but not necessarily the tools or the knowledge to get that passion out there and to care for them in a way that you can actually track and you 
can systemize. Um, and so to, to bring that together, I think churches would really benefit from that mm. um, and looking for people with skills that maybe are even outside of what church world looks like, but to bring them in and use them for the kingdom, it's really valuable. Right. Definitely. Now you, you know, we're in the corporate world, you transitioned into full-time ministry in a church world, and then you transitioned to a parachurch organization after several years. What was that transition like from church to parachurch organization? Yeah, so it, you know, it definitely had its, its good moments and its hard moments. And so starting at uh, the church that I was working for, I just, I really felt like I had found my calling and my passion and really engaged, just loved the people I got to partner with, made some really good friends and, and put down deep roots. And then over time, um, it, it got tough. You know, I, I started um, and I was working for uh, one of the men in leadership and it was just such a great experience. And he was just a great mentor and friend. And then he uh, left, he was called elsewhere. And so there was a shift in uh, what I was doing and who I was reporting to. And uh, that was tough. You know, there was good moments, there were hard moments. And over time, uh, that relationship became strained. You know, there was some, I would say inappropriate um, comments, inappropriate things that were done, um, things that were, weren't true. Um, and so I, I faced a lot of difficulty in the journey and to the point where, you know, the, the person that I was working for was on the, the highest leadership team of the church, one of the um, four main leaders in the church. And so I felt, you know, there's been a, a lot of things here that are just wrong and are inappropriate or hurtful. And I needed to go and, and talk about that and try to get resolution. And so I went to, you know, some of the other uh, members of the leadership team and discussed it and tried to get resolution. And um, unfortunately, just wasn't met with um, any type of really acceptance or change that was able to happen. And so, you know, I, I battled a long time and I talked about it a long time and ultimately got to a place where it just was not a healthy situation. It wasn't healthy for me spiritually, physically, mentally. Um, and so uh, ultimately, you know, kind of told either you get along with this person, accept what they're doing, or you, you have to leave. And so I decided I had to leave. And it was, it was really, really hard. There was a lot of dark moments, a lot of dark times and times where I questioned if that was the right decision um, and had to walk through that. And so when that all happened and, and I left, um, you know, I, I, I told the Lord that I really could not ever work in ministry again. That was a definite, there was no way. And also that I really wanted to work for a woman because I just had been, I I was so afraid. Um, I was in a really dark hole. And so little did I know is that God brought me back into ministry. Um, and you know, to the place where, uh, I'm, I'm at now and, um, I'm working for a man. And what the beauty of those two things is that the ministry that I work in is, um, healthy, you know, there's flaws. It's, it's healthy. It's well-run. It cares for you as a person. They have good guardrails, good boundaries. I get to use the part of my heart that loves to make a difference. It loves to invest in people and care for them. And the leadership that I work under has integrity. Um, they, you know, they say what they mean and they mean what they say. And it's really restored a lot of my faith in one in working under godly leadership, um, from a man. And so mm -hmm. I, I can see God's design in that and bringing me to where I am and restoring a lot of faith I have in ministry and also men in leadership that can minister with integrity. And so mm -hmm. it's not what I wanted, but now I see just God's hand in it and his healing process through that, that he's brought me through. Wow. Yeah. I, and as your sister, I, I was with you as you were walking through that and I often felt the only thing I was equipped to do at that time was just to be an ear and a shoulder to cry on. And I cried along with you as you were walking through your pain. Um, and little did we know, probably a year later, you were walking through me with my pain and what you had gone through. I wasn't equipped to help you, but you were equipped to help me because of what you had walked through. Um, and I wish that I could have been there for you the way you were there for me, but seeing you 
walk through that and come out the other side. Um, what, what was it like to walk through that church hurt, to go through that time? And now you've, you've come out the other side. What were some of the things that it was, um, that you walked through that were painful, that God showed you through that. And ultimately, you know, you have been restored. Yeah. So what I could say is that it's definitely a journey. You know, it didn't, I didn't wake up the next day, um, or even maybe even the next year, um, feeling like I had walked through that hurt. You know, I, the days immediately after, um, I had my daughter was, uh, I guess she was about six months old. And I remember not even um, being able to nurse her because my body was in such like trauma that like things in my body were shutting down. I could barely get out of bed. I just remember um, just being so physically distraught. So I feel like immediately it was physical. It was like a physical reaction to the amount of like stress and pain that I felt at the time. You know, it was, it wasn't just losing a job. Um, it was losing what you sensed as your call. Like this was my calling. Like this is where God had brought me. And I, I loved it on such a deep level. So it was mourning the loss of something that I just loved. And you mourn the loss of your community. You know, I had a couple of really close friends, um, one who, who I was calling like my second mom and a, a friend who I called my second sister, you know, like they, I really brought them into my immediate circle. And when push came to shove, it felt like they just abandoned me. It was, you know, the, the, the church was above any loyalty that they had to me um, or even care, you know, even beyond loyalty, but just love and care. And so I was just mourning this like all encompassing loss. And so, yeah, so there was really dark days and, um, and then it was, I think just little steps, days where I had to focus. I made a list. There's a, a book it's called, and I've never read it, but the title has spoken to me and it's called the gifts of the dark wood. And the, the concept is that when you're in a really dark place, that there's these gifts that you can find. And so I made a list, I titled it my gifts of the dark wood. And I started writing a list of the things that God was doing and the gifts that were coming through this dark time. And some of them were just like, I've learned that I can get up in the morning, even when I don't want to, or, you know, something simple that I learned about myself or a gift, a way that I saw God show up. And, you know, even my youngest daughter has said she was six months old, the amount of time I got to just love on her and care for her. And she's like my, my best friend, you know, little, now she's three, but because we just like, I clung to her and she clung to me. And so there's just these little gifts along the way. And so mm. I really clung to those things and um, wrote them down and just, you know, worked on those and thought about those. And it's just, there were little steps. And then yeah. one day, you know, I woke up and I saw, cause you know, social media, it's like, you can't avoid seeing or hearing some things about people, even if you hide them or you're not friends with them, or, you know, you see things and, you know, it's like one day, you look and you see someone and, and the pain, maybe a dull pain versus a sharp, you know, stab. And right. like, it just, there was just like, I would say little progression. Um, and this is years now we're about three years, more than three years in. And it's just the recognition, recognizing that, that there are seasons and that right. it was steps forward and that God was in that season. And, and I really cr- clung to the Lord and he clung to me. It was like, I felt like he was just, his arms were around me and he was sheltering me. And and it was that feeling along with just recognizing the good that was coming out of it. I think that really led me through uh, the healing process. Mm. Yeah. And you say some things there that unless you walk through it, oftentimes you don't know, it's not just the loss of a job. It's the loss of a community. It's the loss of relationships. It's the loss of a friendship. And sometimes you feel like it's the loss of a calling and there's, it's so painful on a certain level. And until you walk through that, you really don't know. And Mm -hmm. your community, the support, a lot of times they're gone and you're left like clinging to, to the Lord, clinging to your family and the people that you once counted on, like you, you move on. And it's, it's something that's very, painful. And like you said, it's a process. It doesn't happen quickly. It doesn't happen overnight. So talk about like just some things that that process has been like for you, 
um, the process of healing and finding forgiveness and also moving on to a new place and, you know, learning to be there and be all in somewhere else. Yeah. So like I said, you know, it, the first days were, were definitely the hardest. And I think it's almost like you going through the five stages of grief where I remember in the very beginning, begging the Lord, like, this can't be what you have for me. There has to be like, I have to stay in this. And, you know, I, I just remember all these different stages and, um, you know, to the place now where one of the things that my husband actually said to me was that, I guess he read in a book where, you know, that you've really forgiven someone when you can actually whether see them or see something about them and wish them well. Mm. And so, um, I would say, you know, and sometimes I'm in that place (laughs) now. Um, but that's really been my goal this whole time is that I want to wish the church well that I left because that's hard. Um, because sometimes, you know, I, I would say most times you want there to be some type of retribution or you want them people to see how bad they are because of whatever they did to you. Um, but I really, my goal has been, I, I want to get to the place where I can wish them well and that mm-hmm. I can wish well the people and even have compassion and empathy for the people that hurt me and why, why they may have hurt me or the choices that they've made. And um, I would say I'm not there every day, but I have probably more days that I feel good than days that I'm angry. And so mm-hmm. that to me has been important in the healing process. And, you know, for me, it was a recognition, recognition that this is a journey that those bad days, um, they're okay. And I'm going to give them to the Lord and I'm going to process through that. And then the good days I'm going to rejoice and know I'm one step closer to healing. Um, but you know, I, I went to counseling, you know, and pretty soon after, um, I have a great Christian therapist who I just love. Um, and he really helped me begin and kind of walk through the healing process. Um, in the beginning, I would have terrible nightmares. I actually, I still have them, but it's not, it's not often. Um, but I would have dreams that I was back working at the church and I was still fighting and I was crying and just weeping and fighting for what I believed in, because I guess maybe I just never felt heard or cared for. And so my brain, I think still doesn't understand why certain people would treat me the way they did. And so in the middle of the night, I I think my brain tries to process it by dreaming, you know, like thinking through why. And so in the beginning, I, I would say maybe five times a week, I would have nightmares. Um, about wow. what I had been through. And now maybe every couple of weeks, once a month, I'll have a dream and, but I can wake up and process it. And, you know, it's almost like you wake up and I'm so grateful for where the Lord has brought me now and the healing yeah. that has happened. And so, yeah, I think it's just been, it's been a total journey. And also just, um, I think that if I would have found a job working in, you know, like a, a corporate setting would have been fine. But the fact that I still get to be in ministry and I get to do something that I love and I'm passionate about, like that's just such a gift in the process. And it's done in a way that I feel safe and I feel Mm. um, good about. And I, and that was really important to me. Um, And so, yeah, it's just been really God's hand in it Mm. that has brought me through and brought me to a healthier place. Mm, That's so good. Um, So do you, in, in looking back at that time, what is something that stands out to you that you really, you either have learned through this or that you would go back and say to yourself now, as you're walking through it, like you've been through this time has passed. The Lord has touched your heart and healed your wounds. What would you go back and tell yourself now when you were walking through that? Yeah. It's funny that you asked that because I had, um, I think I told you this story. There was a picture on Facebook book and you know you can go and see your memories and this whole thing with the church happened right um right before thanksgiving actually i think it was a couple days before thanksgiving where everything came to a head and i left and um we still had thanksgiving at our house and my in-laws were there and i made dinner and then um my husband and i and the girls we took a couple pictures by the fireplace just of our family and when i guess it was back at thanksgiving i looked at my memories and i saw that picture come up And I just look at, you you look at yourself and you can like feel what you're feeling in that moment. And I looked in my eyes and they looked, even though I was smiling, my eyes, like I could tell they were puffy from crying because I'd cried for days and they just Mm -hmm. looked so sad. And I just, it's almost like 
like an out-of-body experience. Like I felt so bad for myself in that moment. Like I just wanted to give myself a hug. Mm. And I really thought like, I wish I could tell her it's going to be okay. Like Mm. I just, I wish I could give her a hug and say like, it's so hard now. Like you're in so much pain, but it's going to be okay. And like, that's what I think I would go back in that moment because there's so much that runs through your head and you're just constantly trying to justify or excuse things. Or even like, I think in the beginning, I tried to blame myself so much because if it was my fault, I could make sense of it. But if it's something that someone else has done to me and I can't understand why, like it just, it was harder to understand because I, I don't know what's in their brain. And so I just, I, I know all the wheels that were spinning for so many months. And I just would go back and say like, this was not your fault. Yeah. You made mistakes along the way, but someone did this to you and it's painful, but you're going to be okay. Like mm. I just, yeah, that's what I would say. Mm. That's really good. So same type of question, but you're seeing somebody else go through this. What would you say to them now? What are some practical words or words of healing or words of hope that you can give somebody else who's facing this now? So I actually, um, there was a moment when I was talking to my counselor, um, and it was a couple of counseling sessions in, and they'd really mainly talked about just the, the trauma that I had went through at the church. And I remember him saying to me, you know, this isn't your fault, right? Mm. And it was almost like that goodwill hunting moment where he's like, it's not your fault, but, but I needed to hear that because I, I definitely made mistakes. There was things, if I could go back, I'd do differently, or I'd say differently, or maybe I wouldn't do. And so I made mistakes, but what was done to me was not my fault. And I think when he said that it, it broke something in me, but it healed something in me because I. I could own what I had done wrong. And that's good. You know, it's good to learn and to grow, but also I was taking things on counting them as my fault and they weren't my fault. And Mm. I don't think that that's what God wanted from me or what was good to me. And so I would say to someone, even if you made mistakes in the process of being hurt or trauma being done or leaving a church that let the people who made mistakes towards you or who wronged you or who did wrong things, let them own that you own whatever happened, you know, on your end and you can grow from that, but it's not your fault. Mm. And so, you know, I think that would be a one big learning for me. I think the other thing that the Lord really spoke to me that I would say is that, um, you know, there was, there were times where I was fighting so hard, you know, I, I think that the church being able to work at a church full-time in ministry, leading people, caring for people, there's a certain amount of, um, I don't, know if I'd say prestige, but just, there was something that I just, I loved about that. And it meant so much to me that I fought so hard to keep it. And I fought so hard to stay where I was. And, you know, I think that maybe before it got to the end, if I would have walked away sooner and known Mm -hmm. that it was just such an unhealthy place for me, that maybe there would have been less damage done. Like, I think I just held on too long. Um, and it, I really kept thinking of the verse in Matthew where it talks about like, what good is it if you gain the whole world, but you Mm. lose your soul. And so I thought, you know, if there's a woman in ministry right now who's struggling and is an unhealthy situation, sometimes the best thing to do is just to walk away and to know what's right for you. And sometimes, you know, I, I think the church in, in an unhealthy way might have you believe that this is this is where you have to be. It's, you know, it's the best thing that you could ever do, but um, sometimes walking away and saying, no, actually this isn't healthy for me. And this isn't Mm -hmm. healthy for my family. And if I stay here and I have all these things, yet I lose my soul, what good is that? Mm -hmm. And I felt in the process of leaving the church, I had lost some of my soul and it took time for me to get back to a place where I could look in the mirror and feel like I knew who that person looking back at me was, and it's never sacrificing your health and your family and your, even your relationship with the Lord is not worth it to, to feel like you're gaining in the church world. Um, because God is, is a part of the church and he's in the church, but God is not the church and the church is not God. Mm. And I think walking away when I did, that was just a really starting startling revelation 
um, that I could know the Lord and I could be so close to him and it didn't have to be wrapped up in the church that I was going right. to, it, that relationship could still stand. Mm. I think that's real. Some of the things that you said that really stand out to me is like, I think it was such a great balance of acknowledging because we don't always do things right. Mm-hmm. We aren't going to be perfect and acknowledging, okay, I didn't do everything right here, whether you stayed too long or whatever it is, but also saying, I'm not going to take responsibility for something that somebody else needs to take responsibility for. And I think that is such a great balance and such a healthy way to look at it, which again, took you time to get to that place. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's really good. And it's interesting. I had a woman um, that I interviewed last week. Her name's Julie Davenport. It was really such a great interview. And she talked about um, just, you know, being in the church and not wanting to expose something because they would have to leave and same type of thing. Like, you know, when you are, when you try to keep something so tight, it still keeps you bound. And sometimes just like walking away and, you know, moving on, that's when the healing can begin in your life. And that's not the end. That's the beginning of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so key to remember is that so much of life, it's, it's their seasons and their seasons where you can invest in a church. You can be on stuff. You could do that, but that's not your whole life. Like you can right. walk into the next season. And for me, it was a season of healing, a season of restoration, and then to walk in a new season of ministry. And I just think it's such a lie that we tell ourselves that what's in front of us is the way it's going to be forever. Cause it's not right. And you can walk into something new where God can still use you and even use you in greater ways because God's continuing to just move in us where we can do even more for him and we can grow deeper and we can, you know, know more. I think it's, it's so important um, to recognize that. And I think the other thing you, you said, which really made me think, you know, something I've been um, kind of talking about is just the ability to not sometimes just, you know, it's, it's like this kind of fear that we have of like, I just need to keep my head down and keep my mouth shut and just do what I'm doing. And, and part of that is no, sometimes there is that season where you need to speak up and you need to be honest about what's happening. And that, you know, if even to go back to, you know, my, my story in church, that there was change that eventually happened in the church that I left. And it was because people spoke up for what was going on. And so I think if, you know, there's going to be healing and restoration, it's going to be through talking about what's going on being open about it. And for me, I, I tried that and it didn't work. It was unhealthy. So I had to walk away, but that's not everyone's story. Sometimes you can talk about it. You can be open about it and things can actually change and grow in, in the right season. And you just have to know what season you're in. Right. Right. For sure. And it, it was such a painful thing, but it really needs to be, and this was something else I talked about in the interview, it needs to be God, our family, and then our ministry in our church. And when that gets out of balance, when it's, I, like you said, it's a, whether it's a prestige thing or a holding on tight, like God is always there. Your family is always there. Church ministry, that needs to be put in its rightful place. And I think it's so easy to get that out of balance in, in the church world. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, I think that we just sometimes as just our fault as humans, we've, we've put church and we've put leadership on this pedestal where, you know, it's like they become the end all be all and almost like a celebrity status in church because of just this level that we've elevated. And so to be at that level and to be in leadership, there's a cost. It's like, this Mm. has to be my number one. And it, like you said, it just gets everything out of whack. And, you know, I, I think that was definitely a learning for me when, when all of a sudden that was stripped away and it was just me and my family and that's what I clung to. And that's, Mm. you know, and the Lord obviously as, as number one, it's like when everything's stripped away and that's what you have to cling to. And you're just reminded, it's almost like through the pandemic when everything's stripped away and then you remember, oh yeah, these are the things that actually matter when there's nothing else that can get in the way. And it was like that for me, it was definitely a stripping away and just reminding that my family, my husband, the Lord, like I just clung to those things 
and it was such a season of depth and growth. Um, not a fun one, but definitely yeah. um, one that one that really changed me as a person and as a, yeah. as a Christ follower. I think sometimes it's really hard to tell our story and to the point where it's like, we keep it to ourselves. We don't want to relive it. We don't want to talk about it. We're, we've walked through this process. We've learned to forgive and we've healed and we, we want to move on. And I think the reason that I love having women on and I love having you on because you can reach women that other people can't reach. And women have a story of walking through these painful, really painful, hard times, and they don't want to go back to church or they don't want to, you know, it, it hurts the relationship with the Lord. And so you coming on and telling your story and showing, you know, that the healing that you have walked through and the forgiveness and that whole process, I think is really powerful and something that I, I'm excited that as you do more of, you know, that people are going to come and find you and say, okay, how did you get through this? Because I feel like I'm going to break. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole ministry of, of itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the gifts of the dark wood, as I said, as you walk through it, then when you find other people that are maybe further into the woods than you or, or not as far, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know, like they're, they're in the same, but maybe you're a little farther along that you can encourage them and share some of your story. And I struggled in the beginning. Cause I think, you know, especially when you leave a church, there's kind of those people that they just want to know what happened because they're curious and because, you know, everybody mm. likes a good story. And so I was so closed off in the beginning after I left. And, you know, of course there was a lot of pain there too. So every time you talk about something, you kind of rip the bandaid off of the pain. And so I was closed off. And then there was, it, it's been a turning point for me to be able to talk about it in a way that brings good rather than harm. Because in the beginning, if I talked about it, I think it would have just been to hurt the people who had hurt me. And now it's about the Lord versus them. Like what God has done in my life, what he continues to do, the restoration that can happen and the love that can happen in spite of what you've been through. And so mm -hmm. I think for women, when you come to that point where you can start to wish someone well, when you don't want harm to come to them, even though they hurt you, and you can tell your story in a way that actually can bring healing. Um, that's I think for me when I've known, okay, like I'm hopefully on the upswing of this where I've kind of walked right. through it and there will, there's still hard days and there's hard moments, but for the most part, it's something I could say that God has brought me through. Mm. Mm, that's really good. So you have walked through career transitions, um, from corporate to nonprofit, from church to parachurch. Um, what are some of the highlights of working in ministry and just being able to serve the Lord in a, um, in a professional, like in a job sense, instead of just volunteering, um, on, you know, on a Sunday. Yeah. So I just, I love being able to invest in people and care for people. And we're on the same page as far as what we believe and why we're doing what we're doing. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, to, to work in, in a manner that like, we all know the end goal, like we know where mm -hmm. we're going. We know that the goal is that like where I am now, the goal is that children would hear the gospel. And so we're all on board and, you know, and sometimes like in a corporation, it's like, all right, here's the goal is to make someone money. That person's not me. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm making some of it, but the bulk is going somewhere else. You know, it's like, it's just a different, I feel like it's a lot harder to get people on board with the mission then when you say to someone who's a Christian, like the goal here is for children to come to know the Lord. It's like, what greater mission is that? Mm. And so to invest what you're passionate about, what you love and uh, the team that I get to serve with are just amazing believers who are, you know, we have bumps in the road, but when you work with people and you serve with people and you volunteer with people who have like-minded you know, thoughts. And also there's the Holy spirit, which when we get off course, we have that to, you know, mm -hmm. the Holy spirit to really help us to reconcile and to move forward. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. And to also know and see clearly that God has called me here. Mm -hmm. And that's also, you know, to, to walk in that and to just enjoy God's call in your life 
And I, there was many times that I had that when it was not in ministry, when I got to work one-on-one with people and invest in them and care for them. It's just even more fun, I think, in ministry. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, women that are out there that maybe you, you serve on the weekends in church and you're, you know, maybe you don't work in full-time ministry. It's, it's really like we get to invest and care and um, really be a part wherever we are of ministry. Mm-hmm. And so even right. if that's at a, sitting at a desk in a corporate office, but yet you get to minister to the person sitting next to you, that's ministry. And so mm-hmm. um, I've, I've been able to do that all over, but there's something really neat about working with like-minded people and investing in them in a deeper way. Um, and knowing mm-hmm. that like you're making a difference in the world. Yes. I love that. And actually we had this conversation on Saturday. It was a group of women. And we said, just because you're not working in full-time ministry, you're in ministry. Mm-hmm. Like you are in ministry. And just like you said, I don't even have to re-say it because you said it perfectly <laughs> as usual. <laughs> so any parting words for another woman who is in ministry, who has walked through hurt, who needs to hear some words of hope, or who is just, you know, trying to keep her head above water, what are, what would you say to somebody who's listening? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I would just say first, like I wanted to say to myself, like it's, it's going to be okay. Um, to keep your priorities, your priorities, like we talked about, keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. Um, you know, when, when I walk through what I walk through and I, I, like I said before, there was just this sense of God's covering of his care for me. Mm. And the more that you're able to lean into that and receive that, the more you're able to give out to other people. And that, Mm. you know, if you're not being filled by God, if you're not being cared for by the Lord, there's nothing that you can give um, anybody Mm. that's of lasting, that means anything lasting. And so just allowing God's care for you. And I really just felt his protection and his love. And so, however that looks, whether it's, you know, playing some worship music or, you know, whatever it is, allowing God just to care for you. And I think the next thing was just the ability to cling to the people who love me for me. And I think when you walk out of church and you walk through her and you realize that there were people that loved me for my position in the church and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was malicious or it was meant to hurt, but that's just what it was. But yet there are people, yourself included, um, that love me for me, for all of my warts and even the mistakes I've made or the things I've done wrong. I'm still fully loved by my family, by my sisters, my kids. And so really just digging deep into that, allowing people who love you to love you and know Mm. that you're lovable. Even if you've made mistakes, even if someone else hasn't loved you and they treated you poorly, you are still worthy of love. Mm. And just a reminder that you're in a season that it's going to be hard, but just take a breath and let God lead you through it. Don't rush the process. You know, there's going to be days where you revert back and you think I'm back here again, but yet you're still moving forward. And so each day is just that step forward into what God has for you. And this isn't the end. You know, you said that in the Mm -hmm. beginning, Joy, I loved when you said that, like, this is just the start of your story and God has more for you. And, you know, for me with church, it's been kind of a bumpy road since. Um, I tried to go to some churches that were very similar to the one I left. And I, I really legitimately almost had like PTSD where mm. as soon as the worship started, I started like panic, like I couldn't breathe. I started like feeling like I was going to have a panic attack and I had to walk out. Mm. And so for me, it's been a shift in maybe a church that looks a little bit different than the one that I used to serve at. And that's okay. And you know, God can still lead you through that. He can still heal you through that. And it may look different than you thought it would look. And you may have to change some things and you may need a break from church altogether, um, which I, I needed for a little while. And then I had to approach it in a different way. So, Mm. you know, I think really honoring the Lord, but also honoring yourself, what you've been through and allowing God to really lead you through that. And it doesn't have to look like anyone else's journey. Your journey can just Mm. look like your your journey and that's okay. I think that's really good because as women, we tend to believe the harder things. We tend to believe the things that are more condemning of ourselves. So these words are words of love and loving yourself and hope. And you know what? It doesn't have to look like it looked for everyone else. So I think it's so important for women to hear these words because you're so bombarded with the opposite. 
especially self-condemnation when you walk through something or what did I do or I'm not worthy. And so I think those are really important words for people, women to hear today. Yeah. And it's really easy for the enemy to warp that in us and to make us believe something that's really not true. Um, or even, you know, when you, when you leave a situation and then there's lies that were spread about you, it's easy to start to believe those or right. to play into that. And really, you know, it's, it's knowing what God says about you, allowing mm-hmm. him to really care for you. And I related it so much to my kids and just, if they walk through something that I walk through, how would I care for them? And how much love would I have for them? And as I poured that into them, I allowed God to pour that into me. And I just felt his care and protection in a way that I would care and protect my kids if they Mm. had walked through that. Um, And it wasn't condemnation. It was love and it was care and it was healing that I experienced from him. Wow. That's really a beautiful picture. Thank you for coming on and telling your story, as I know that's not the easiest thing to do sometimes. And um, I'm so glad that you're my sister, so that you had to, and I had to guilt you into it. <laughs> Just kidding. You did it. No, I'm me. glad. And it, like I said, you get to the point where it's actually healing to share versus versus right. you know, traumatic. And so I think I'm, I'm praising God that he's brought me to the place where I could talk about it. And it actually feels like like healing versus yeah. trauma. So I, I remember you being able to pour into my life and talk me through things. And gosh, I am just so much more of a dependent person than you, I think. <laughs> like I could tell you something and you, you get it. And like, you have to tell me things like five times, maybe 10 to the amount of like where I'm, I, like I probably called you every day, five times a day crying. <laughs> Or you would just know to call me and check on me, you know, when, when we walk through a hard time. Um, but that really, it doesn't make it less painful or okay, but you walking through something, not knowing you were going to have to be there for me. Um, I imagine that as sisters, I, you know, I, I would do anything for you, Grace. I love you. Any one of my sisters, I would do anything for And I imagine that it had to maybe dull the pain, just a twinge that you knew that you were able to help me through something that you had walked through. Yeah. I mean, I would walk through anything if it would help you or any of my family. Um, Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I can be a stuffer. I'm a processor. So for me, you know, I don't reach out when I'm going through pain. Sometimes I just get really quiet or I isolate, which is something I'm trying to work through. Cause that's not always good either. Um, but yeah, it took a lot of processing, a lot of that time from what people said or how they tried to help me through it. And until it really hit, I would say like the core of my, where I could really believe it. Um, but yeah, I was, I was very sad when you walk through what you walk through. It was almost like walking through it again, almost harder in a way because I would rather shoulder that pain. I'd rather carry it than see someone I love. And I knew how bad it hurt. So mm. it's like, you know, you hear about someone going through childbirth and you're like, oh, cause you, you feel that right. pain. And so for you to walk through it, I knew those dark nights and, and those dark times. And I never wanted you to go through that. But, um, but it was, I think an honor to also, say the words that I had felt people said to me and God was speaking to me to then someone else who almost was a healing in that process to, cause mm. now you're speaking it to someone else and it makes you believe it about yourself just a little bit more. Mm. Well, thank you. And I really have seen you walk through this process and just come out reflecting, you know, the character of Christ in so many ways, um, which just makes you you know, just shine and like you're, that you're there for your kids and your family and walking with the Lord in this, you know, relationship that you have built over the the years of trust. And like, Lord, you were there for me and you've, you have cared for me and you've taken care of me. So it's really been amazing to see you go through this process, come out, you know, just closer to the Lord, more, um, refined and more reflective of him. And I'm so thankful that you've, you're, telling your story and that somebody else is going to hear and go, Oh, me too. Oh, you know, and be able to resonate with it. 
and that you'll be able to help them. And so thank you so much for sharing today. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Anytime. I mean, you are my favorite sister. So obviously just kidding. Why. Rachel and <laughs> Bethany. <laughs> we should just do a sister one where it's like the four of us. What would we yeah. talk about? I mean, it is I don't know. Ministry it would, podcast. I feel like no holes barred. We'll just like, you know, say whatever comes to mind. Although you don't really want to do that with me. You never know what will come out. So. <laughs> <laughs> you are the, you're the truth teller. Well, I don't know that you're the truth teller. Bethany's a truth teller. You're, mm-hmm. you're the funny girl. We yeah. all have our things. I'm the crier. <laughs> <laughs> you're the sensitive one. We would talk in about a good way. Yes. Rachel's, I, I, Rachel's the encourager, I think. That's what I would say yeah. for Rachel. Very She's strong. Yes. But we could talk about our love for coffee and mm. the Jersey yeah. Shore, you know. All those good things. All the good things. All right. Well, thanks, Grace. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening today. You know, if you've walked through a church hurt, where you've said to God, I never want to go through this again, and I'm never going to work in this situation again. You know, I encourage you just to reach out for prayer. You can email joyforministry at gmail.com. We would love to walk alongside you. And just, I pray that Grace's story blesses you and encourages you and gives you hope that you will come out of this on the other side stronger and that God has a plan for you. Also, check out our our website for more resources, joyforministry.com. You can purchase my journal, He Is For Me. It's designed for women in ministry. Whether you're a pastor's wife, a woman in full-time ministry, or you're just somebody who serves in your church, this book will bless you. Thank you for joining me and come back next week for another episode. Talk to you soon.